When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Fright School. Are you ready? Class is in session. Happy Boxing Day, Fright School. Surprise! We couldn't let 2022 go without one last episode uh, to celebrate uh, another year full of fear. So, hello, Joe. Hi, Joshua. We're back. Oh, Oh, look at that. Look at that demon. Krampus sweater. Krampus. uh, Yes, had to get all jollified for you, you know. <laughs> uh, I love you it. can see what we're talking about if you're a Patreon member, and we would love that uh to be our gift from you, dear listener, to join mm-hmm. our Patreon. We're having so much fun over there with videos of you can you can go right now and listen to us talk about Falling for Christmas with Lindsay Lohan and Die Hard with Bruce Willis and yes. Bonnie Bedelia, the real star that was <laughs> yes, the, the real star. Her lovely hair. Um, <laughs> Miss Bonnie Bedelia herself. Yes, but we thought we would just hop on real quick, um, which you know means we're going to be here for like three hours. Uh, mm-hmm. No, <laughs> But real quick, we wanted to uh, do a, a recap, a uh, review of our year together with you all. And um, yeah, just talk about some of our highlights of the show, of the podcast, of course, things that we've done this year, some of our favorite moments, and then just favorite moments in general around uh, 2022. You know, some of our favorite horror films that came out, some of our favorite queer moments, anything else that Joe would like to discuss. Um, I'm here for it. So yeah. How you doing, Joe? I'm doing great. I'm, I'm having fun. I'm having a lot of fun. Good. All right. So should we dive in? Sorry, I'm just trying to get to my uh to the to the list, to the list of things. All right, which which list should we do first? Um what do we let's start with our favorite episodes we did this year. Okay. Cool. Um because that that will be fun. And we're actually releasing it. Last year, we had, we released this review episode in the... So the very first episode of this year was our 2021 review. But we decided, yeah. let's just close out 2022. Put a nice little period on it. Because this does truly end uh, the first phase of Fright School. Of everything that we've done up to this point. Before moving on to, you know, in the new year, we're going to be uh, much more involved over at Geekscape. And, you know, having joined that. Yeah. So this is just a nice way to mark we are, a certain we are, time exactly. period. <laughs> exactly. We're bringing, we're we're setting intentions, you know, for the new year. We are we are uh, fi- closing and the book, the chapter. No, not the book. The chapter. 
yes, in this one. The and moving, uh, moving forward, Asia Palante, as there we uh, go. Yara Sophia says. <laughs> okay, I love that. So yeah, let's just start with uh, what were some of your favorite. Uh, you know, maybe like five moments. Okay. Do you want to do? Do you want to do back and forth, or do you want to do? Do you want to? Yeah. Go? Let's All go right. back and forth. That'll be nice. But let's start with you, as usual. Okay. The real star, as usual. <laughs> um, one of my favorite, uh, my one of my favorite high fright school episodes was Jesus is a Kami with Delia. Um, <sighs> yes, for where, Midnight Mass. For Midnight Mass, which finally, like uh, Midnight Mass. I think this year I've watched it in full four times. Uh, wow. Which like is a lot. Like I watched it by myself. I watched it again for the podcast. Uh, I watched it once with my sister and I watched it once with my mom. So yeah. <laughs> so four times. Um, it really affected me. Um, I haven't gone. Um, I haven't finished uh, Midnight uh, Midnight Club R.I.P. Um, yeah, and I have about that, and I haven't finished. Uh, I haven't started any of the other stuff in the Flanagan universe, but it makes me want to because I really, really liked it. It was just such a it 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 moved me in a way that, like, I'm still like anyone who who knows about it. I I try to talk about it with them because it's just it's something that just moved me so much. Plus, it was my first. It was my what is it? My fright school. Um, uh, like I took over the class type. Of, what yeah, was it? yeah. Your master's the, program. Your my, my thesis. thesis. <laughs> yeah, I had my fright school thesis on Catholic horror. Yeah, um, it was super fun doing that. So yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that again this year. We're gonna give you a a, a month of 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 your own. Teaching Cannot wait. Coming in 2023. So yeah, I I really love that too. I like that you did that. That's definitely one of my highlights of the year, for sure. Is that awesome. uh, is that whole situation yeah yeah um so i guess for me it'd be right at the top of the year we have been devoting january to doing a deep dive in a series and Mm -hmm. so i really loved our scream series and it got it gave us opportunity to have you know lovely dr tj and dr connor on again uh we had brennan klein on who we adore uh our final favorite final girl ashley was in to talk about uh five cream Yes. Uh, so yeah. So for me, that was a real big highlight. Uh, was doing was doing that and having all the guests on. And I'm I'm really hoping our January lineup works out kind of the same. We want to have a few guests on who are in love with the series that we're going to cover. And uh, I, I hope to continue that tradition because it's really fun to just like let's just get into the meat of a whole of a whole series. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was that was another one of my highlights was nice. doing the deep dive of Scream. Love that. <laughs> um. Um, my second moment, second highlight, uh, Renegade Film Festival. So live from the Renegade Film Festival with Michael Kennedy um, and yep. f- figuring out how to record that whole conversation and getting to go to Marietta to spend a day, a weekend watching horror movies with you. And, yeah. you know, it, it, that was that was also like that was also came at a perfect time when like I needed to take like a break from reality. Yeah. And, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, that was actually my second as well. So we, it was a freaking delightful to have uh, Vanessa Yanta right on the show to talk about the descent. Uh, she's the 
director of everything, I guess, over at the Renegade Film Festival. Mm-hmm. I I really uh, adore her a lot. I've been judging the films for next year already. And uh, again, it's an impressive group of talent. So please, please support the Renegade Film Festival. Uh, you know, the link will be in the chat. I'm not sure if tickets are yet available for the, for, for next year, but they probably will be soon. So stay tuned for that. But yeah, definitely traveling with you is always delightful. I'm really glad we got to do that this year and I'm looking forward to possible travel in 2023. (laughs) Um, all right. So then my third moment, um, <laughs> it was partially because of the, uh, partially the film itself, but then also the fun conversation that happened after that. Um, and appropriately fine time with Eric J. Brown. Yes. Watching Death Proof. Um, also mainly because I think that I, I think that like I said it at least once a week, every single time I saw like someone asked me how I was. I'm like, I am appropriately fine. Oh yeah. That's definitely been a battle cry for me. I'm appropriately yeah. fine. So thank you. And you know, his, uh, his book that's out, uh, Joshua, please remind me the name of the book. Oh, all that's left in the world, all that's left in the world. And, you yes. know, uh, so he didn't, we did, a you know, also a conversation with him about that. And, um, he was able to, you know, have a little chat with our uh, Patreon members, uh, Patreon yeah. subscribers as well. So those are the kinds of things that we want to do moving forward. And yeah, um, more of that, more of that. Yeah. <laughs> What's yeah, your third I, moment? That was that was a really good moment too. Uh, you keep like taking the ones that I was going to mention, which is good because we should mention like different things. So that's kind of perfect because that was definitely a highlight. Uh, plus, I wanted to have a Fright School book club for a while. Still mm-hmm. trying to get it going. Still trying to figure it out. Yeah. Uh, you know, reading reading is uh, fundamental, uh, but yes. not necessarily easy to arrange all the time. So, um, so. Our queer series was really fun this year Mm -hmm. uh, for Pride, Uh, especially uh, Cruising. Cruising was one of my favorite movies we watched. The conversation around it was really great. Uh, I, you know, I love a complex response to a film. I love that there are queer people who fucking love that movie and queer people who hate the movie. And, you know, the making of it is super interesting. So I really love that we got a chance to finally uh, tackle Cruising and discuss that. Uh, which will come up again a little later in the show when we discuss um, yes. the new season of American Horror Story. But we'll get to that. Yeah. So that was my next one. Um, that's my next one. Um, I think of that se- of that series, uh, She's Serving Arch, um, Rope. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, I, 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 Joshua gives me uh, gives me shit, rightly so, for you know my ma- my chief complaint of why the movie is not interesting is because it's old. Um, <laughs> Rope was not like that at all. Um, no, Rope is very fun. It was also very theatrical, so I just, like, I wasn't watching a movie so much as I was watching a play, and I, that's a movie, like, uh, one of the handfuls of movies, like, in, you know, before, like, 1970 that I would, uh, uh, like, gleefully watch again, so. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess my next moment is uh, Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Mm. Uh, it was during Comic-Con. It was very nice. It felt so like, 
you know, for first she, we got, mm-hmm. we got invited. We got to go like, well, uh, you can go back and listen for reasons. Joe did not attend with me, but I got to go to the theatrical, like, you know, the pre mm-hmm. thing at uh, whatever screening of it at mm-hmm. uh, Comic-Con. It was super cool. Free drinks, great food, uh, lovely company with Sam Weinman, uh, who, who we love and uh, look forward to having on the show again uh, very soon. Uh, so it was, it was just a, a fun night. And then the movie turned out to be really a good time and it was fun to chat about that with you that was definitely a highlight as we continue this um <laughs> you know working to get those opportunities to, to see films and and uh discuss them with filmmakers yeah. and and be part of that that's definitely something that we want to do more of uh with fright school and so that was another moment of like yes this works yeah. we can do it <laughs> we can do it it is it's, it is possible yes um my my last favorite episode on the main feed, I should say, is a preview episode of the Patreon feed. So it is uh, yeah. Mirabelle goes to grad school. Um, Encanto, yes. our first. Yeah, it was our first, right? Uh, after Fright School special movie, Encanto. Yeah. Um, it making Joshua it. <laughs> watch Encanto <laughs> was was uh, like making him watch all the films that I've made him watch for for this. And also a few that he's made me watch, but it's just, it's just been really fun. And it also officially like launched our Patreon, you know, that's launched our Patreon. Uh, If you're watching this episode right now, you are a Patreon subscriber. So again, thank you very much. Please continue uh, to hang in there with us because we're great things are happening and coming um, and all of it. We can't do without your support, but um, yeah. So if you like, so again, if you're not a Patreon subscriber and you like, uh, the Mirabelle goes to grad school episode, I make Joshua talk about Luca. I make him watch Die Hard. <laughs> I'm, you know, Mrs. Doubtfire. No, we haven't done Mrs. Doubtfire. Um, my best no, friend's wedding. My I best think. friend's wedding. Yeah. yeah my best that friend's was wedding. the second one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. In and out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah they i mean they were it's been delightful it's been really fun and puts me kind of on the other side so yeah i absolutely agree with that it was fun to launch that finally because it's something we talked about for a long time sure um my final uh favorite episodes again i mean there's so many i do really love so it's like that's why i have to kind of talk about more of the sequence of things sure but our tribute to gateway horror this year that we did during mm. the halloween season was super fun you know we got to bring on matt kelly obviously who we adore from horror movie night and um upcoming shows i'm not sure what's being (laughs) revealed so i don't want to say too much but you know we adore matt he is the pod father and he works so hard on behalf of all of us who are part of geekscape Mm -hmm. uh you know to just try to you know make it a great place for podcasters and for listeners so we just we adore matt so having him on was great um we got to have jackie and marissa from jersey ghouls on to talk about you know some of their favorite gateway horror films um, you know, it's just fun to like celebrate being a kid, yeah, uh, with friends who you know are still in touch with their inner child in some way and help to revive mine a little bit. Uh, so that was that was a real standout. There's also a great Sequence. Patreon episode with um Kyle, uh, yes, Kukta. about the page master, yeah. yes, that's right. Yeah, see, I'm getting, I'm like, how much are we talking about the main show? How much are we talking about? You know, it's like, <laughs> I know, but you're right. It was super uh, fun with Kyle too. Well, again, just, you know, little teaser, little taste, little taste. Get your hooks. Um. All right. So, what? Where do we want to go next? Best horror release this year? Queer moments? 
Uh, no, let's keep it. We'll we'll do our favorite horror films of the year. So, okay. um, for me, uh, some of my I wrote down. There's there was a lot of fun horror this year that that mm-hmm. I really enjoyed. Um, right off the bat, I mean, Violent Night was super fun. I know we kind of go back and forth on whether it was horror, but it's super gory, and you know, it gave me it gave me sure. kind of what I want with horror. Uh, so I did enjoy that. Uh, nope, Smile. Uh, the Hellraiser reboot. I, you saw Smile? I, yes. Did you like it? Yeah. I just okay. said it was one of my favorites. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, just because, I mean, there's a lot going on in it that I, I thought was cool. There's a lot to critique. We will be doing it. Um, I I really think we need to do like a whole series devoted to like mental depictions <laughs> of mental institutions or like institutions <laughs> of mental health, of behavioral health. Because there's a lot of problems in the movie that I'm just like, uh, I don't know about that. But it was creepy and weird and kind of a cool premise along like uh, the lines of like it follows and those, that type of film. So I enjoyed it. Maybe I wouldn't say it was one of the best, best of the year, but Mm -hmm. I, it gave me like some, yeah. Like I was like, Whoa, this is creepy. I don't, you know, which is good. Um, yeah, I'll stop with those for now. That way I don't take up, too many that you might mention as well. Uh, you but haven't we'll mentioned you. You've only mentioned one of the things that I okay. Mentioned. So ahead, you cool. mentioned three. Awesome. I'll mention three. So uh, bodies, bodies, bodies. Uh, That's one on of my, my list. Yeah, one yeah. of my favorite horror movies of the year. Uh, just like going into it not knowing much and just having it be like really fun and all of the relationship dynamics in it. A twenty four is yeah. doing a really good job with it. So bodies, bodies, bodies for sure. And also a movie that like it was intimate enough that you could watch it in like a like in the dark at home on your home theater, but to see it in the theaters was just an was an experience all its own. So really appreciative yeah, that I was sure. able to go to the movies for that. Um nope, of course. Um yeah. and uh one of the one of my favorites uh this year, uh also because of how we watched it, uh was Prey. On... That's on my list too. Yeah. Nice. All right. So I think I yeah. have your last two then, right? Um, uh, or uh, you have several, I yeah, guess. You say. I have a yeah. couple others, but yeah. Um, yeah. Prey was just like, um, Prey is definitely on that list of just, you know, especially because like we watched it in dubbed in the Comanche. Um, you know, yeah. and it was cool. It was really cool to just like um, experience it in that way. And also, I mean, my favorite, my first kind of foray into any predator type movie, right? Like yeah. I've not seen the other movies. So it's, it's set the bar kind of high for me. I mean, that's also, um, that's also a tall order because of just, you know, where, when the other movies take place and everything. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, so that was, uh, <laughs> that was one of my, uh, one of my other favorites. Uh, Joshua, how about you? What other, what other favorites did you have? <laughs> So the other things I had on my list were uh, men. Uh, uh, mm-hmm, I mm-hmm. really enjoyed that. I thought that was really good. And that like a 24 hereditary, the witch, you know, those kinds of movies yeah. love men. I can't wait to discuss it on the show. Mm-hmm, uh, well, mm-hmm. that'll, that'll be coming at some point. Uh, I also, <laughs> I really enjoyed the Texas chainsaw massacre. Netflix. Me movie. too. That's that's on mine. It was so bonkers and it was the so much sequence. fun. Yeah. It was, I mean, completely ridiculous. A lot of times I, it left me going, what, why? But I had fun. 
And sometimes I have to let go of that part of my brain that wants to like Mm -hmm. dissect everything and analyze everything. And, you know, I have to, I have to like find that fun in horror sometimes. And Texas Chainsaw gave me that, uh, as did Barbarian. Yes. Movie was bonkersville as well. I, that's just the word of the year bonkers. Uh, it just kept taking turns that I was like, what is happening? I love this. I have no idea what's going on. It yeah. was like five movies in one. It was, yeah, delightful. Yeah. And that those, was those two are on my list as well. That was pretty much it. Um I need to fin- I started X and I really enjoyed it because it's very mm-hmm. Boogie Nights meets Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Uh yeah. so I need to go back and watch that. I have a feeling that it would be on my list if I had watched the whole thing, but I just sure. still haven't finished it. Uh I, I almost Pearl, I really want to watch both yeah. of those movies, but I, I didn't wa- get I, to them. I almost thought that we should do like a list of things that we're going to get to in the new year because yeah. like X and Pearl, I haven't seen, I haven't seen smile yeah. yet. Right. Um, yeah, it was, it was, it was a whole last thing, right. Just, you know, being able to do that, but like Texas Chainsaw Massacre, just with how, just how much of a ride it was. It moves quickly. That is yeah. like, that is going to be, when I think about gateway horror, right. Like that's going to be something that you show at a sleepover and like people wake up screaming in the middle of the night, like you yeah. know, because that, that movie reminded me of how I felt when like I watched Human Centipede for the first time. Like if I did oh, not have yeah. it in a group of people, um, it would have been really yeah, I would have not been okay. Uh, and of course, Barbarian, just like how how like kind of original it was at the same time. Um, yeah, a- amazing, amazing uh, film. And uh, the last one I'll mention and just kind of take it back all the way to the beginning of this year, uh, Scream, <laughs> Five Cream. Yeah. Uh, just, you know, being something that we, you know, it was such a, those episodes were really great. We seem to like be in line with, uh, <laughs> with the stars as far as like, you know, reboots and things that are coming out. But seeing, um, seeing that episode, uh, seeing that movie um, and like really excited for what's next um also just you know again pour one out for uh nev campbell you know they don't want to pay her her worth and um you know she's not attached to the future projects but wow it'll be interesting to see where we go from that yeah that's a really good point i did enjoy the fifth screen film it still isn't one of my like top screen movies so i didn't even i didn't even think about it and again i'm sure if i went through every single horror film released in 2022 i could add more to the list that i enjoy because i love horror i you know i i i graded on a on a big curve but yeah what we mentioned were definitely the ones that i just either enjoyed because of the uh the thinking part of it or just because they were fun and i'm yeah. definitely trying to have more fun so yeah all right well let's get into our favorite like queer moments of the year that are not horror related necessarily although i think we're gonna still hit a few horror related oh i put only horror related stuff oh i thought you would be i thought you'd be all out there with like horror oh no i mean like i have queer moments like i have i have a separate list of queer moments uh but i i all of the moments that i put for the show were were all queer Oh, okay. Well, hop in. Let's go. All right. Let's do it. So, um, interview with the vampire. Period. 
Gay as fuck. Yeah. Gay as sin, really. Like, just, you know, the... And and it just, like... It was just, like, we're just watching, you know, a couple unravel. Like, it was, like, who's yeah. afraid of Virginia Woolf, but, like, two immortal vampires. <laughs> um, a lot, like... It, totally. It was... That's a really good uh, <laughs> analysis. <laughs> um... It, it was it was a lot of fun and try to have a baby to fix it you know? exactly and i'm just i can't wait for like next season or whatever it is yeah. that comes from that i don't think i'm gonna watch the mayfair witches even though i do love alexandra daddario but i'm definitely yeah. gonna watch that but i yeah. love witches interview with so. a vampire um for sure um all right Another moment is uh from queer horror uh opening scene of bodies 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 where they're just making out for what seems like an eternity and it's very intense and sloppy and like, you know, saliva-y. Like it was just, you know, it was super hot as well, but also just very like, what is gratuitous? Gratuitous in the best way. Um, Stranger Things 4 <laughs> was pretty queer. Um, You know, it's, it is on the more sci-fi kind of area, but like, my goodness, we get like a Will being canonically gay and, you know, like silently crying in a car. And then, of course, everything with running up that hill and how yeah. the gay, you know, how everyone saved, um, made millions of dollars for um, uh, Kate Lady Bush, Bush this year, <laughs> for Lady Bush this year. Um, another moment was um, what we do in the shadows, uh, Guillermo mm. coming out and, yeah. you know, the episode with his family coming out. Yeah, that was very sweet. Yeah, very sweet. Uh, Harvey Guillen, uh, like, released an article talking about that experience and what that means to have, like, this canonically queer character, an openly canonically queer character. Um, because it's, like, always hinted at, but, like, never explicit. And so now that that's explicit, it's very interesting how it's all kind of coming together. I also, dis- I also like, for the, like, finally watched what we do in the shadows this year uh so that was you know a new thing for me and very eye-opening and i'm sure this Yay. one's on joshua and this one's on joshua's list and so this will be a good transition for him um all of american horror story nyc yeah it was gay 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 aids everybody's got aids 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 yes i i called it though <laughs> like i called it in the beginning you like, did is the, yeah is is the monster aids and it was the yeah, daddy HIV, the, the looming yeah. specter of HIV. Yeah, um, I did not put that on my list, but I, I'm, I'm glad that you did. Uh, I still don't know exactly how I feel. I feel like I need to sit down and watch the whole thing again, mm-hmm. uh, which I haven't been moved to do in a long time for uh, American Horror Story season. Like it used yeah. to be, I would watch them like right away again, you know, because it's just like they're always so much going on in them. Uh, and then for a few years, I haven't really felt the the need, <laughs> but this sure. one was pretty streamlined, a pretty straightforward story, uh, you know, with some kind of mysticism in it, but overall, um, you know, I enjoyed it, but it's just, I'm still not sure how I feel about the conversation it's having. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, even if queer people are telling it, it, there's some, there's some weird shamey stuff in it that I, I I don't know. I still have to like kind of figure out what it's trying to say 
sure. to young queer people watching it. Yeah. It's also like a specific queer kind of lens, right? Like it's, yeah, for sure. A lot of, yeah. And it tells a, a very specific story that yeah. involves real people. You know, I mean, there are, mm-hmm. there are lots of allusions to real people that were involved or that were around mm-hmm. during the AIDS crisis and what was happening and how it was being ignored and how it was hurting and harming people and mm-hmm. continues to in, in some ways. And we still don't have a cure. We still don't have, um, you know, real true, it feels investment in finding one. Uh, so, uh, yeah. There was lots of ways it resonated. There was just also things that it's like, you know, I don't know. Felt a little, you know, this is what you get. Yeah. This is what happens. And I don't know. I'm still struggling with that if that's really the case or if I'm projecting that. I don't know. I have to rewatch it. Yeah. Uh, but I will say this. The stuff it got away with on television, you know, like even even cable television still, a lot of mm-hmm. people watch FX. Uh, so being on that and um, showing this very specific, like, kind of life, queer life, uh, I thought was really cool. And watching it week after week, you know, with our Wednesday TV watch group, uh, that mm-hmm. includes a lot of straight people that don't. <laughs> there was a lot of like, oh, yeah, this is what we used to do all the time or still does, you know, like yeah. it blowing everybody's mind that there's a bathhouse right down the road. You know, yeah. Like you, people like, wait, what? This still happens. Like, oh, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. There are parts of queer life represented in it that are, I mean, it almost feels like, oh gosh, they're giving away all our secrets. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like there's, uh, there. I think the I think the person who is like Mr. Leather NYC or Mr. Eagle NYC or something like that was like a, set consult like a set design consultant or design oh, how sets. cool so yeah. like you know they're they posted a really great uh still of um of uh, the of the playroom of zachary quinto's characters like playroom and how like in this room in this one image you like can trace the evolution of like you know of bdsm like you can like right. trace it from yeah from from the specific artifacts that are in there um is really cool and so like that kind of attention to detail and that um maybe not attention to detail but like that uh um, involving people in that community right in, oh, the, for sure. in the creating yeah. of it um which again like that's why i think this is a really complicated sh- this season was very complicated being complex yeah. because queer people are like all of the people who read is who are queer in the show are queer in real life um, right and there are queer people behind the camera in the writing of it like people in the bdsm community that are attached to it and so it's interesting because like it doesn't it doesn't get off scot-free. Like there's still things that are a little like, like you said, are we like wagging your finger at somebody or what's, mm-hmm. are, is it a, what kind of commentary is it trying to say? Um, yeah. 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 Cause I feel like there's a lot of, uh, well, and actually we'll talk a little bit about this as I move on to my other choices of the year, but um, I think it ties in with, with something else. Um, how should I just start there? Yeah, I'll just start there instead. I was going to do something horror and then transition, but ties in very nicely to one of my favorite queer moments of the year, which is the backlash to bros. (laughs) (laughs) I thoroughly enjoy it. I have not yet seen bros. We, it may come up on after fright school uh maybe we'll see uh we shall you have to to subscribe 
Um, this is just becoming like a pledge drive for for Fright School, except for our Patreon. Yeah, if you want to see it, <laughs> yeah, you should do it. Anyways, the point is, is that there was a major like you know backlash to because it didn't do well in the theaters, and then Billy Eichner kind of shamed everybody. Straight people, gay people, everybody for not supporting it. Um, which again, the backlash to the backlash was like uh, a film maybe shouldn't be homework. Uh, I don't want to feel like I have to support something just because it's queer. Uh, we have the right to make bad movies, just like you know, we should have the same, like the same, mm-hmm. like I've complained about in the past. Like Michael Bay gets to fucking waste. million on some shitty Transformers movie, but he gets to keep his career and nobody says, oh, white guys can't make movies. This just proves it. Nobody, that discourse never happens. Uh, They just give him 300 million to make the next flop. Uh, You know, so I I do agree that there is some stuff to talk about in in the discrepancies in Hollywood. Uh, But at the same time, there's a ton of incredible independent art being made. And, Mm -hmm. I hate this idea that like we only matter if Hollywood, you know, if we're getting some big Hollywood blockbuster type movies, like it's so rare that I care about those movies. Uh, You know, I don't need a gay captain, whoever, what are these movies, America, Marvel, whatever. I don't need a movie like that to succeed and make, you know, hundreds of millions of dollars to prove that queer people deserve to live and deserve to be represented on, on. So, so I have a problem with the fundamental argument. Uh, and at the same time, we have all these people on Twitter all the time complaining about like, um, you know, we want original movies. Everybody keeps remaking stuff. And what do they do? They go to the theater. They see the remakes. They see the reboots. They spend all that money. They never go to an art theater. They never go to anything that isn't AMC mm-hmm. or isn't, you know, mm-hmm. some big theater to support real independent work. You know, they're not showing up at things like the Renegade Film Fest. I mean, there are. I mean, they, they, they've had a really good turnout. But I just mean these small independent like films that are being made, people aren't going sure. to those in droves. So you, you're, you're not going to get original content if you don't support it and begging for us to be milk toast blockbuster fodder. Mm-hmm. I don't think is the answer either. Um, now again, I'm not seeing bros, but it was just one of those, like, this is so typically queer, <laughs> the backlash and the arguing and the fighting over it. I'm just like, <laughs> yes. And I'm sitting here like, I find Billy Eichner really fucking annoying. And I have a hard time thinking I'm going to sit through two hours of him. Uh, so sorry. <laughs> I didn't go watch it. See, but... I I really, I like <laughs> Billy Eichner's comedy. I think that. Yeah, I know, I know. We definitely um, don't see eye to eye on that. Well, I mean, like, I, I don't know. As a person, probably, you know, I'm like if i saw him out on the street well not billy on the street but like if i saw him like you know <laughs> in the wild as it were just not doing anything i don't think i'd go up to him you know i wouldn't say that he's my hero about anything but i right. do love his kind of like you know curmudgeony um really out there kind of in your face kind of sensibility with his yeah. not even mainly sensibility but you know his comedy but i also believe that like yeah we um, like compulsory watching of a movie, um, and then well, like I understand the importance of like we should we should as much as possible try to like support you know because of representation. Like I've mm-hmm. I did that opening weekend of Crazy Rich Asians. I've done that for you know Black Panther specifically around um movies related to ethnic and racial groups that like are vi- like you really don't see those big movies get made for them um and so there is a little there is 
there is stuff on the line for that. But by the same token, right, like, well, I think what really turned me off was just the fact that, like, we were made to feel like shame shamed about it and it's like no yeah. like this movie failed because of you it's like no it's your job to promote the film correctly that was the big thing they did yeah. they, everybody was like if you actually watch the movie it's a totally different thing than what the commercials or the trailers made people think that's what i've heard again i've not seen yeah. it we it will be watched at some point yeah and i heard um, that it's actually like it on its face as just a romantic comedy for yeah as far as like you know measuring measuring with the yardstick of for romantic card comedies it's also really funny and really it has what jokes yeah. and so why not just let it stand on that instead of like making it out to be and that's the other thing too they made it out to be like oh this is the this is the first queer you know and i'm like no like we had Fire Island this year. Like that was going right. to be on my list of non. Which should have been theatrically yeah. released instead yeah. of should have been theatrically know. released. It was probably you know I that was the movie that I saw not only from a queer standpoint but from just like an AAPI standpoint of right. seeing you know um, characters who look like me not you know not exactly but like look like me be like not only sexually desired in a film but like also at the center of right. a romantic comedy so just not you know, be fetish fetishes exactly not be fetishized just or living their life exactly and to see bros be given this like big studio treatment when that should have yeah. been for what that should have been for fire island is is was disappointing and me and didn't right. well, i wasn't gonna like watch bros opening weekend to begin with anyway um so yeah so that fire island was one of my non-horror related uh uh queer moments awesome. uh, joshua well yeah so i just i i had that on the list just because it's like oh man this is so indicative of where you are and again it points out a, a harder problem of like we're not monoliths the experiences are rich and diverse mm -hmm. and yeah. Like how much should we fight for those big blockbuster movies? How much should we not? Like, what is the story? Do we always need to fit ourselves into the narrative? Can't we create our own narrative? So it's just, mm -hmm. there's lots of stuff that I, I struggle with because it it's everything and nothing uh, mm -hmm. everywhere all at once. Uh, so my next thing I would say was more horror was Dahmer. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was a great queer moment, especially in the conversation. Again, a lot of my picks are about the conversation. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and Dahmer brought up a lot. Lily is really freaking out on me over here. So, um, yeah, it's like, girl, calm down. Uh, sorry. Um, but the conversation about how we want to be represented, you know, and so there was mm -hmm. this backlash of queer people got them to take the LGBTQ thing off of the Netflix stuff. And, uh, you know, this conversation of like, we don't want to be defined by this monster, but at the same time, lots of people are defined by monsters, uh, mm -hmm. you know, lone people getting to define a whole uh, race of people, a whole group of mm -hmm. people, a whole whatever. Um, so I, I enjoyed the conversation that Dahmer brought up and the discussions of, of queerness and mm -hmm. monstrosity in a way that we, you, we don't see happen a lot in such like prestige television in a way. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's there, mm -hmm. obviously we, we can talk all day about homicidal uh, monsters, homosexual, homicidal monsters, trans, you know, these, these conversations sure. that have been sure. about psycho and silence of the lambs, certainly. But there was a really interesting, this is the first time I feel like I saw like queer power be 
wielded in a way to like change mm-hmm. a narrative uh, mm. about somebody who is is a gay person who murdered people and there's that was fundamental like it was it wasn't an accident that he murdered men as a gay person yeah. so uh i thought that was interesting and um yeah it's like are people going to be like you know oh bundy we don't want to talk about white males who murder like this we don't want to be represented by this guy like mm-hmm. it's interesting the conversation so i put that on there uh next i would say uh the loss of leslie jordan that was mm. a big queer moment for a lot of us there was a um a really nice coming together to honor again somebody who is not as as we're like, this is like with american horror story this year like with bros uh at least in the advertising and the imagery of it like hot white skinny mask for mask you know a very specific kind of body a very specific kind of representation of what is and isn't sexy in queer culture and you have somebody like Leslie Jordan. We talked about like the sissification of uh, of him and the, and that whole conversation, the sissy as as a uh, as a trope, as a context, as one of the you know types of queer men. Um, so to see kind of people come together and really celebrate him and talk about him and his importance uh, being prioritizing mm-hmm. uh authenticity over safety. Yeah. I really 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 love that uh conversation this year and that was the if he was going to be lost I'm glad it happened when you know he had sort of resurrected and really put himself in the center of consciousness uh pop culture with um on TikTok or whatever on Instagram and Sure. You know, he was people really knew a lot about him and he told yeah. really interesting stories and he told a really new kind of, I feel story about like a little sissy boy who was loved by his father. Despite that, you know, he would mm-hmm. talk about those, you know, that is, that his parents loved him and that he was supported and, you know, he was able to kind of live the life he wanted to live and be authentic because of that. And that again is not a typical story. And it was really beautiful no. to see people come together and, and talk about that. Um, Another big thing for me was fucking Drag Race and Jinx Monsoon on all, all super all stars. Mm-hmm. Uh, just her whole run and her moment is um, Judy Garland. <laughs> Couldn't <Yes>. remember. <laughs> I was like, who was it? Broom, broom, <laughs> broom. Uh, and just all stars in general. I loved how they, you know, made it more about like keeping the queens around and having mm-hmm. them compete in a new way and do something different. That show feels so stale to me. When at one time it felt really transgressive and really interesting. And so this was a cool way to like sure. just the format and just again get to see incredible queens. Um, I highlight Jinx because I've I've loved Jinx and she yeah. walked in the room the first time, and I remember being like, I want her to win. I don't care what happens. I really just loved her, and so to see mm-hmm. her have that kind of arc, it's kind of like with Trixie. You know, I've been I was rewatching season seven. Is that the first one that Trixie mm-hmm. was on? Mm-hmm. And you know, seeing who she is and like she has no idea what's to come for her. And yeah. I love that. And it's the same with Jinx. It's like, she has no idea how she's going to change the world. And now she's going to play Mama Morton in, in, in Chicago on Broadway, on Broadway yeah. as Jinx, like as a drag queen. Like that is so cool. And the thing that she dreamed about in that, you know, when she first entered, I want to be the first drag queen, like on Broadway in a show. Like, I'm like, that is, 
you know, so cool. I'm sure there've been other drag queen. I have no idea about the sure. history of that, but just the idea of somebody like she's not on, she's not playing, you know, um, Billy or a male character, at, yeah. you know, she's playing. Mama. It's like, she's a woman. She's playing a woman character on yeah. in, in a, in an iconic show. Like how cool. Yeah. So yeah, that was pretty neat. And that's yeah. my, there was, there were lots of others, you know, yeah. I mean, our queer fucking lives are full of queer moments. Oh, I know. Those um, were some that I thought were really fun this year. Could I mention three non-horror related things since yeah. I, um, by all means, then we'll wrap so, this up. <laughs> then we'll, yes. And then we'll wrap it up. Um, so you mentioned, uh, everything everywhere all at once, everything everywhere all at once, um, <laughs> is like a moment in queer culture this year, especially given, you know, the, um, the kind of narrative with, uh, joy slash Jobu Tupaki, uh, played yeah. by the inimitable Stephanie Shu. this film, re- this film should receive all of the nominations, all of the awards, Queers love a comeback story with, you know, uh, Kihue Kwan. Um, uh, just all of it. Michelle Yeoh, Jamie Lee Curtis, a, a, a butt plug. Enough said, right? Um, so that. Um, another one I want to uh, make sure to mention is also <laughs> The White Lotus Season 2, uh, mm. which is like... The thing I love about the White Lotus is like gay Twitter after the next day or like, you know, a few hours after the episode airs is like it's every time gay Twitter discovers a person is hot, it's like the, they've never seen a hot person um, in their lives. And so seeing like all of that commentary about like the White Lotus and its queer sensibility yeah. and like this season two, like the 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 theme of it is like transactional relationships right and the the transactional nature of 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 people and sex and money and what that means and so but like how that you can you can treat people and relationships with a transactional nature and seeing that play out in different ways Um, yes absolutely so you know just wanted to mention uh those two things uh as non I thought you said you had three. <laughs> I thought I had three and then I lost the third one. So I picked the two that were definitely at the forefront of my mind. I and, love it. Yeah. But it was overall, uh Joshua, out of everything that happened this year, you are one of my favorite queer things. Yes, you as well. I have loved again spending another awesome year making Fright School with you. I know we typically our year really ends on Halloween because of mm-hmm. how we started. So we're really actually only a couple months into <laughs> what's like our canon year yes, or season. Yes. But still, overall, the whole of 2022 is a blast. I feel I feel like I feel like the thing I could be most proud of is that I feel like I finally like you've turned into a real horror fan. You, you know, you've started gatekeeping what is and isn't horror. And at that moment, <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's how you know you're a real boss. horror fan. Cause you, 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 start, boss, get, you, you, you've, you've started saying what isn't, isn't a horror according to you. And so now you've definitely officially moved into <laughs> I I tease. Um, although I'm not gonna <laughs> let go of the abyss, you can fuck off. But still, the fact that you're like okay. gatekeeping and deciding 
is 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 like <laughs> ah she's reached a new height yep. and pretty soon she's going to be at uh cons uh harassing people for their inaccurate depictions of things <laughs> uh so what you're saying is you're I've reached my the, yum i've reached the gatekeep girl boss gaslight section of <laughs> of my training <laughs> yeah which means that this so i no longer want to be friends with you you're one of those horrible kind of people and this is <laughs> over no i'm kidding um <laughs> my opinions are just as strong as yours joshua it's true they've definitely you've gotten to that point where it's like yeah you definitely you know your stuff now and this project is uh just uh really now just a way to continue to talk about horror in an interesting way with somebody i adore that's what fright school is all about now mm-hmm. we've moved really out of the schooling part of it and it's just like i said it's just, um, now it's just frights just overcomplicating horror that's our yeah. that's our new our <laughs> new <laughs> not our new that's always been the thesis but we could have no. called the show that instead of uh you know overcomplicating um whatever mm-hmm. that would have been that would have been the really good uh name but no i'm just most uh happy to have spent another cool year doing this with you and all of you wonderful people who listen to this show we thank you so much and yeah we just needed to do one last episode before we end the year just to just to highlight all the joy so thank you everybody who's been on the show who came on as as guests who contributed so kindly to to different little side things at patreon or whatever else we have going on uh we we really love that um you did that we appreciate it so joe joshua much love merry cryptmas scary cryptmas all of those things boxing day happy new queer happy new queer happy new fear and good night Fright School is produced by Joshua Napier and Joe Farron. Our intro was edited by Davy Boy Productions. Our logo was designed by Jamie Channel Guzman. Episodes are edited and engineered by Joe Farron. Fright School is produced in terrifyingly beautiful San Diego, California. listening to the Geekscape Network.